We made this. Problem, officer? James Lindsay, huh? Jim. I'm gonna need you to step out of the vehicle, sir. Chief Bishop! Chief Bishop, come in! Angela! Hey, Mr. Lindsay. Becca, Scott. Go Hawks! This is my life. Who's that? Lost kid. No bodies, no pattern. People don't just disappear. There's always a reason. If she's right. How many other victims are there? I don't know. You are a serial killer! You love that you're getting away with murder and you cannot wait to kill again. Have you learned nothing? Don't be ashamed. A lot of folks get queasy at the sight of blood. Yeah, it gets to me every time. It's a scary world out there. Hello and welcome to Scheduled Programming, the official TV podcast of the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm your host Baz Greenland and Scheduled Programming is a show taking a close glance at new television examining the good, the bad and the ugly of the small screen. In this episode we'll be taking a look at the return of serial killer drama Dexter starring Michael C. Hall. Last year I did a retrospective on the original 8 season 1 with fellow We Made This podcast and editor of Frame Rated Dan Owen and Dan is back with me to discuss the revival series Dexter New Blood. So Dan how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Yeah, back to uh, talk about more Dexter, a whole new season. Yeah. Uh, that we that we didn't know anything about this time last year. Uh well last year when we were talking about uh, the previous eight seasons. Mm. Yeah, this was all just uh, it was all full full of promise, but we had no idea how it would go <laughs> and and now uh, we've come to the end. Yeah, very much to come to the end and um it obviously, I think we'd seen maybe, I think, you know, maybe a one trailer or two, but there wasn't much when we did our uh, original uh, look back at the eight season. So, I think in terms of this podcast, for those who are listening, you know, we, we obviously we, we've gone in depth about Dexter and the character and the journey they took. So, you know, we're not we're not going to really talk much about what happened previously because we've already done that. So we're we're going to go into uh, the revival series really and kind of talk about kind of you know, did it work and was it that satisfying conclusion that was promised and so on. So. Uh, before we get into that, obviously we're firmly in the age of TV reboots and revivals, which Dex New Blood fits into. Are you a fan of television revivals generally? Um, I think 
in general, I am <laughs> because uh, it's it either goes one of two ways, isn't it? It's either um, like a really strong revival that kind of rejuvenates the whole property and introduces it or reintroduces it to a new generation and pleases the existing fans. So, like, you've got Doctor Who, obviously, mm. is probably the most notable one. Uh, even stuff like Twin Peaks coming back. Yeah, which is uh, magnificent. Which is yeah. really strong. Yeah, yeah, so that's all really good. But then you also get the ones that don't go so well. I think the X-Files coming back didn't really uh, work too well for me. They had the odd good episode, but no, nothing more than that, really. And uh, Heroes Reborn, do you remember that? Well, I, I loved Heroes. Well, I say I loved it. I really loved the first season, and I stuck with it for all four seasons. So when Heroes came back, I watched two episodes and went, nah, I'm done. Oh, okay. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. I didn't think it was too bad, but yeah, it's probably uh well, it didn't do well enough to bring that back uh, for, you know, uh for another season. So, no. uh yeah, 20 24 as well, Live Another Day. See, that was that quite good. Back, I so. I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was still quite a good uh Yeah, good, uh, it wasn't too bad. Mini series, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was um yeah, so so you get a bit of a mixed bag, don't you really, with uh, revivals. It uh, yeah. but it either it either kind of um doesn't work or it's kind of a failure, but kind of fun to see the characters back. Yeah, I, I definitely. I, I think it depends on what he's trying to do as well. And I think uh, Dexter obviously had a plan. Dexter New Blood has kind of got, got a purpose to serve after the uh, very frustrating season ending, which we talked about last time. I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, it definitely is a mixed bag. I mean, X-Files is probably a good example of being a very much a mixed bag. There were new episodes I really enjoyed. And then the mythology stuff was, was pretty crap so it was um, I mean I, I, I'm a big X-Files fan and um, as I know a lot of people when we made this and I, I enjoyed it I reviewed it at the time but it, there was definitely a sense of some of it was better than others and I think the second they did two revival seasons and the second one was definitely better than the first but uh, it, it can be very up and down you get the thing, magnificent things like Twin Peaks which you know 25 years later and, and that was real a real amazing journey to watch and then yeah there are revivals that come along and you kind of go what was the point? So uh, <laughs> it, can, it can be a be a, a mixed bag. Um, obviously, we did a whistle top store of Dexter's original one last year. Were you clamouring for a Dexter revival? Um, well, not not really, to be honest, because um, you know Dexter had uh, been around for seven, uh, sorry, eight seasons. Everything past season four, as we discussed, wasn't great. So by the time it had ended, I was kind of almost glad it had finished because it was uh, limping along at that point. I, th- I thought so. I always kind of knew it would come back. Uh, really because um they left it open that they took to come back mm. um, in some form i think showtime told them didn't, didn't they uh to sort of you know keep uh keep dexter alive so we can have more at some point so i always expected it to come back but i'd kind of forgotten about dexter really it could be been, been quite a few years hasn't it since it's uh it was last around so um i'd kind of forgotten about it in a sense so when it was announced that it was coming back i kind of got interested a little bit but i was cautious you know uh, i didn't want to get too uh excited and be too disappointed yeah, definitely. I don't think anyone was really expecting it. And um, like you, I was a big fan of Dexter, particularly those early seasons, you know, seasons one, two and four. I think we talked about our favourites. And uh, I think I think we said of the eight one of the second half, season seven was, was quite good for us. But yeah, it definitely was feeling quite mm. tired. And I think I wonder if the reason it came back was because the finale of Dexter season eight quite often will top a list of the top 10 worst TV finales of all time. It kind of, <laughs> it didn't do anything yeah. that was promised. And I think, you know, the original showrunner, Clyde Phillips, you know, we, we talked about last time we said he would die, it was either, it was going to end either with Dexter dead or Dexter in prison or Dexter in death row kind of facing his victims the last time, the ghost of his victims. So he had an idea of, of what it was going to be. And 
I think that's why it was so frustrating because it did some nonsensical stuff like Deb talked about and abandoning Harrison and then just left him as a, as a lumberjack in the middle of nowhere. And I think everyone was like, <laughs> of all the endings you could have done, this wasn't wasn't it. So, uh, yeah, mm. I, I, get, I get the uh, frustration. But um, I guess before we get into the detail of Dex's New Bloods, do you think it did a good enough job of making up for the series finale from 2013? Um, yeah, overall, yeah. I have um, issues with this uh, this season, as we'll probably get into, but overall, I'm glad it came back because I think it did end uh, things a lot a lot better and this season was a lot stronger. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad. Um, it... Uh, you know, in certain certain ways, it was showing its age as a as a concept. Even I think some of the freshness, just of the idea, had has has gone. I did feel a little bit of that earlier on, um, but it kind of picked up steam. Uh, I think as it went along, and I was kind of fairly hooked by the end. You know, and I was quite quite into it. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm glad it's come back. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm the same. I think uh, I don't think it needed to be ten episodes. I know, I know they used to run at twelve episodes. It kind of feels like this was like a six or an eight-parter stretched out for ten at times. Yeah. But I think particularly the end we'll, we'll talk about the finale that aired very recently. And I think that that kind of does what it was set out to do. But, uh, yeah, well, we'll get into the detail shortly. So before we do that, um, a bit more detail about Dex New Blood then. So it saw the return of original showrunner Clyde Phillips, who left after season four's Trinity Killer season. And he kind of built it as an attempt to craft a more satisfying ending to Dex than the one we got in season eight. So... Uh, I think, you know, when it was announced back in October 2020, he said we basically got to cut from scratch. You know, this is not Dex season nine. Ten years have passed and we're going to reflect that time. And as for the end of the show, you have no resemblance to how the original Farley was. So it was a great opportunity to write a second for nine for the show. So, and I, and I kind of get that. There's um, certainly a sense that this is right in the ending that we didn't get. Dexter dragged on, I guess, too, too long. That's probably the, the key thing about the first... Dexter maybe should have ended with season four, maybe with the Trinity Killer. And it dragged on too long and it almost lost the magic of what, what made it so good in the first place and gave us such non-ending, really. And even like we, I think we said at the time, a lot of like the season eight storylines were just repeats of stuff we'd seen before time and time again. So it wasn't really anything original. So I, I guess in that sense, it, uh, it did what he set out to do and basically write a second finale. I'm not sure many seasons quite get that i think yeah x-files did it maybe a little bit maybe not quite as brilliant as it could have done but it kind of probably gave a better ending than the original one from in my opinion and then twin peaks did something completely unexpected but uh again built on that cliffhanger so i guess, I guess it did in that sense do what it's out to do and create a more satisfying second finale yeah yeah oh definitely definitely i think they've achieved their goal really with this yeah so Dex New Blood then was a 10-part limited run that debuted on Showtime, the home of the original series that started in November, and Skylantic in the UK. So set 10 years after season 8, and uh, obviously as well as Michael C. Hall back as Dexter, and I think he was still as good as ever. You had uh, Jennifer Carpenter back as Deb, who's now the kind of ghost slash Dexter's conscience, you know, filling the role of Harry from the original season. So I was kind of glad that she was back. I'm... I'm not sure if she was used effectively, but uh, we'll talk a bit more about her. But I think apart from Deb and Dexter, it's, it's, it's a new cast as well. So uh, what did you kind of think generally of the uh, the new cast members? Um, yeah, the, well, the new cast, um, well, it's difficult, isn't it, being um, a supporting cast in a Dexter mm. <laughs> season, to be honest. Even in the original run, I wasn't always a fan of the supporting players, you know, so... Um, 
Uh, but I suppose with those, we had like multiple years to get used to them and to kind of, yeah. you know, get some kind of uh, deeper, you know, uh, story to some of the, those characters like Angel Batista and LaGuerta and all, all those. But yeah, with these ones, they only had like, you know, 10 episodes <laughs> to make an impression. So I think uh, I think they mainly did a serviceable job. Uh, there was nobody who really massively stood out to me as as anybody was particularly good, to be honest. I did quite like uh, Julia Jones as uh, Angela. Yeah, yeah, um, she was she's solid. Probably, she's probably the best. She was, she was solid. Yeah, and uh, it, uh, obviously Jack Olcott as uh, Dexter's teenage son, Harrison coming back. I thought he was really good. And uh, oh yeah, obviously Clancy Brown. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think but, he was probably the highlight. I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd class them as kind of like main characters, though. No, they're not returning characters, but uh, but I'm, I'm thinking more about the kind of supporting players, mm. like like uh, you know um, Audrey Bishop, um, Angela's daughter, and the podcaster yeah <laughs> jamie Park. chung's podcaster molly yeah jamie chung yeah all those character characters they were kind of good they did what they were supposed to do but they were kind of just you know placeholder characters only to kind of move around the board a little bit <laughs> just uh they weren't really uh contributing that much you know yeah i i guess it's you're probably right i think you know when you looked at the original one i think you mentioned the last time we, we podcast about dexter and you know batista and all and laguerta and all the others they were they were fine you know, with a few exceptions, obviously Deb and I guess maybe um, uh, and Dokes. I can't. They yeah. all almost felt like background players. You know, you had guest characters like the Trinity Killer, like Lila Morgan, and so on that would come along, and they would kind of steal the show from mm. the main cast, and they kind of drifted along and were just kind of there as solid background characters. I, I, it's probably the same here. Again, I, I, I thought like you that <laughs> Julia Jones, she was decent as the uh, local sheriff and love interest Angela Bishop and uh, is it Johnny. Sequoia was Sequoia, played all the year, and Alano yeah. Logan, who played um, Sergeant Logan as well, he, he was he was decent. Yeah, I thought they were all, they were, they were all good. So I thought Jack Alcott actually did a quite a good job as Harrison, and we'll talk a bit more about Harrison because I think yeah. he was very much a, a key a part. I guess maybe a surprising part of the show. We weren't just expecting Harrison to come back, or certainly to play the role that he did in this mm. revival. Yeah, I thought he would come back, but not until towards the end. Yeah, to be honest, but they quite quickly got that over with, didn't they? He was introduced yeah. fairly sw- fairly swiftly, and then uh, yeah, had a big part to play. Yeah, definitely. So, what would you give Dex and New Blood out of ten? I would give it a strong seven and a half. I think I think that's fair overall. Um, there was episodes and moments that kind of touched on eight. Maybe even eight and a half at times, but I think overall seven and a half. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I'm feeling the same. It, it was good. It was. It was never as good as the good season of Dexter. There was nothing there that you know. Maybe outside some stuff in the finale, I don't think there was anything that was touching upon the season two Hunt for the Bay Harbor Butcher or the Trinity Killer or the Ice Truck Killer. You know, even that seventh season that we talked about that was surprisingly quite good. You know. Maybe it was at that, that level. It was actually quite good, but just not quite hitting the magic of those, uh, those early classics, I would say. Mm. I think the problem is, obviously, that's always affected Dexter, is that there's only so much you can do, really, with the concept, isn't there? So a lot of the big surprises are things like people learning his secret mm. or hit, or him narrowly escaping and this kind of thing. And, and they've kind of done that before. So you, they found ways to kind of redo it in a slightly altered state. And having his son involved, obviously, was a bit different he's never had that before but we've still seen somebody 
kind of know his secret, haven't we? Essentially, so that's essentially what we got again. But it was just that this time it was uh, another family member, which I suppose we've had before with Deb <laughs> yeah. discovering his secret. So it's all it's all kind of like redoing things we've seen, rehashing it a little bit. But uh, you know, considering they've had like eight seasons, it's very difficult to keep something like this fresh. So I think they did a fairly good job of it yeah and i think maybe the two things it had going for it as well were the distance of time obviously i'd rewatched the dexter before you podcasted last year so i it, it hadn't been that long since i finished season eight when we uh when if i just watched season eight a couple of weeks before the new one came around so it wasn't a long long period of time but mm. i guess it had a distance of time and um michael seahall was a bit older and can play maybe a slightly wiser more more beating down Dexter than maybe we might have seen in the show I think he lost some mm. kind of cockiness which which made a slightly slightly different approach to the character and actually the setting you know is mm. aesthetically the fact that it was in this kind of frozen northwest of America as opposed to the, you know, the when you watch Dexter you always felt the heat and the sweat and the dirt and the sand of Miami and and that mm. kind of wasn't there so that kind of is aesthetically in the way the way it kind of felt was quite different so it was kind of almost it was like a breath of fresh air, really, which um, I think helped as well. I think had it been set in Miami again or somewhere very yeah. similar, L- maybe. LA, LA, yeah, <laughs> which they lead to the end. It, 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 we all almost thought we were going to get Dex's new blood season two in LA, which I was yeah. I was expecting that's where they were going to go, but uh, yeah, it, I think that kind of worked. And um, I guess what it did was kind of have fun reintroducing the elements because I think that that was I think for me one of the successes of certain things that I enjoyed most about Dexter New York, particularly those early episodes is that it started nothing like Dexter apart from that he was there and Deb was there as, as his conscience mm. you know the music wasn't there you know the, the the internal monologue wasn't there you know all the little things that we saw weren't there mm. and then gradually over the course of the season I don't know if you noticed they kind of crept in the, the, the old the main theme music would come back and his internal monologues would come back and then the kills would come back and obviously I know he killed in the first mm. episode and that was the first turning point but it was kind mm. of like bringing us back to Dexter and then giving us that kind of closure yeah yeah I think it was a good choice to sort of set it somewhere completely different as you say it gave it a totally different identity it was definitely the right decision, but uh, I did I did also think it made it look a bit more conventional. Obviously, what I liked about the original Dexter was it was that kind of juxtaposition, wasn't it, between like a really dark idea, a dark character, mm. and, and grimy goings on, but everything was all sunny and palm trees and sun and sand and beaches and all this kind of stuff. Whereas this one was more what you'd expect from a serial killer drama or a film. It was very much just in another you know wintry small town America. So in a way, it was kind of like. They had to do this, but there was a part of me was thinking, well, it's kind of lost some of what made Dexter special by going to, to a location that is very typical for the serial killer genre. So I had kind of mixed feelings, but, you know, I think they made the right choice. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I think uh, everything from Twin Peaks to, I think, Big Skies and you show, you know, even like, like the killing stuff, you know, they are much more colder and grittier mm. and darker. And I think, yeah, it kind of, mm. it played into that, but it almost like Dexter became a kind of traditional aesthetically a traditional kind of serial killer mm. drama so I, I guess that's probably fair that it did lose yeah. something of it but i think it also needed to do that because yeah. it would be more of the same yeah exactly yeah i mean i'd rather they they did this they did the right choice but uh but yeah it, it was um 
yeah, it's 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 slightly a shame. Uh, maybe I had to, I'm trying to think of a different location they could have done that would, that would have been better. But I suppose this is the, the the natural choice, really, isn't it? And they had lots of fun with the, you know, snow on ice and snow. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, the the blood. Sorry, on ice and snow and all this kind of uh, the choices yeah. that they had with some of the visuals was quite fun. I don't know. Maybe Dexter in London doing a kind of a Cockney accent and red buses and telephone boxes are going to be cliche. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he could have gone, uh, you know, on a bit of a European trip or yeah. something different. Yeah. You know. Today, Dex is in Paris, and today, Dex is in Rome. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think he did lose a little bit of magic, but also at the same time, it was the right thing to do to make it feel very different. And I mean, maybe it was almost kind of the point that it kind of merging to become more of a traditional serial killer. Like, I think Clancy Brown's Kurt Caldwell who is I mean I'm, I'm just going to say now we're going to talk about spoilers so if you haven't watched X New Blood that's enough stop listening now go and watch it and then come back so Clancy Brown's Kurt Caldwell who you know he's a much more traditional seal killer guy who basically abducts young people and hunts them you know, and hunts them in the kind of in the snow and locks them up in the kind of cabin under, you know in a, underneath underneath the uh, underneath the snow kind of almost felt a bit more traditional he was very much more traditional Still killer in a sense, but you know, nothing as imaginative as the Trinity Killer or the Ice Shot Killer, I think. But uh, mm. I, I still thought it was quite good. It kind of suited the aesthetic of Dex New Blood. Yeah, I think they did quite a decent job with Kurt, to be honest. I mean, when when uh, it was announced that Clancy Brown was in this, I mean, everyone just thought, oh, right, he's the big villain. Yeah. And <laughs> so I think they did a good job of introducing him and making it making you sort of doubt yourself a mm. little bit because he, he came in as the kind of mayor. And you thought, okay, well, maybe you wouldn't do a mayor as the big baddie, would you? That's a bit strange, you know. But then, but then you still had your doubts. But then he was kind of he came across quite well. And it was obviously in the first episode, his son had been killed by Dexter, so you were sympathetic to him, and you were kind of on, you know, with him a bit more. So I think they did quite a good job of making you kind of like him a little bit or, or and, and doubt yourself. Uh, but then eventually, it kind of became obvious that he, yeah, he was the big villain. <laughs> so, um, but, but it was fine. And and once they kind of went into explaining more about his motivation mm. and stuff, uh, that was quite interesting. I, I wasn't entirely sold on why he's a serial killer. <laughs> I think a, a lot hinged on a strange flashback, and some of the uh, motivation there was a bit woolly, woolly for me. So uh, I wasn't quite sold on that. But uh, but yeah, there was some good uh, visuals, like you say, especially towards the end when you found his. Um, his kind of trophy room of yeah. all the frozen bodies. That was a bit like the ice truck killer, I suppose, <laughs> in a sense. Very much so. I, I, I think the <laughs> twist as well was was quite cool around that with, with Molly as well. So, because uh, yeah, but so the, absolutely, I, I think I, I don't think we did an explanation for you know there was and maybe that's what was missing. Uh, you know, when you got into the psyche of the ice truck killer, or certainly the Trinity killer as well. You know, when you when you got into their heads and you understood them, you understood them almost as much as you understood Dexter, and that was kind of that was what's what made Dexter so fascinating. Sometimes is you 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 got in the head of a killer. Sometimes that was a guy you kind of encouraged, like Dexter, and sometimes it was someone who was horrific, like the Ice Truck Killer. But it was you, you got into the heads. I don't think you really got that. I I kind of felt mm. like they cast Clancy Brown and they knew that people would be entertained by Clancy Brown so they created a role for Clancy Brown to be Clancy Brown if that makes sense you know he was good he was good but I think his performance took it quite quite a long way I particularly liked his kind of we almost like paternal relationship with Harrison as well that kind of played halfway between is he going to kill Harrison is he out for revenge against Dexter which, which ultimately he was but also kind of putting Harrison away from from Dexter as well and kind of 
manipulating and controlling him. That 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 was mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic. That almost made when he then turned on Harrison, and he started hunting him down. You know, you know I think the anti-penultimate mm. episode of the season. It was almost quite shocking because you actually thought he was kind of turning Harrison against Dexter, and um, mm. that, that, uh, that was quite a twist. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, you know, I quite like that relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, this season was all about kind of. Uh, paternal stuff wasn't it really mm. and so it's quite yeah I did like it when I started to develop that a bit more and it was like a kind of um, yeah Kurt was more like a rival for for Dexter's role as a, as a new father mm. and he was kind of like luring Harrison away from Dexter and in a, in a sense they needed more episodes I know we were saying earlier about they needed less episodes but for, for certain aspects of this story I think they needed a bit more time at least somehow to kind of stretch that out because I quite enjoyed that part of the season where it was all about Kurt trying to kind of like convince Harrison that he's a better person almost than his real dad. And, but he had like a yeah. twisted, he was a bit twisted about it and a bit sly about it. And it was, it was quite interesting. All of that. It reminded me of the, um, the Trinity killer a little bit. Cause it was mm. always like a bit of uh, jealousy with Dexter, wasn't it? That Trinity killer had this kind of perfect life. He had like the a family and, but he was also a serial killer. He seemed to have all his shit together essentially. <laughs> but, um, and it was a bit like that. I was getting vibes of that with, uh, Kurt uh, and and Dexter kind of seeing Kurt as like a, a good father, and he wishes he could be like that. And uh, but yet secretly we kind of know Kurt's a, a baddie. And so yeah, there was there's was, there was elements in the story that I quite enjoyed when we got into that. Um, and I'd like to have seen a bit more maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think now now you say it, it kind of makes more sense. That, you know, in, in this this season, this final season is about fathers and sons. So as much as it's about Dexter. And Harrison, it's about Kurt and his relationship with his abusive father, and then obviously how his son turned out. He, Kurt's son was a bit of a monster as well. So mm. you kind of, you know, monsters create monsters, create monsters. In the same way that Dexter was a monster, creates a monster in Harrison. So it, I, I quite like that dynamic, mm. and um, that was probably the strongest through line in, in a way yeah. of, of of the uh, season. Yeah, just the theme of like escaping your past was a big thing, wasn't it? Because obviously yeah. Dexter has gone to Iron Lake to escape his past, and. Uh, Kurt is kind of he's a serial killer because of his past mm. as well so and uh, Harrison obviously is having dark thoughts because of his very early past as a baby with all those kind of uh, infant memories of, of of being around uh, the murder scene of, of his mother with the Trinity killer in the same room as him and all this kind of stuff is all like about characters who are very much kind of um, well like all of us I suppose really we're all kind of like a product of our past yeah, uh, but but everyone was trying to escape their past, wasn't it? I mean, Harrison had come to that place to get away from his past uh, in Argentina, and uh, <laughs> little did he know he was walking into a, a worse <laughs> situation, really, because his dad's not exactly the, uh, the the nicest of people, I suppose. <laughs> well, that uh, actually, I talk about that cameo, the Trinity Killer, because the one thing that I'd heard before the show came back was that Jonathan Go was going to be cameoing or reprising his role as a Trinity killer. I, I didn't know about Batista actually. I almost expected Batista, I'm su- but I was pleasantly surprised when he did when he did appear in those couple of episodes. But yeah. the fact is John Lithgow reprised his role from many years ago, essentially to play a naked Trinity killer leaning over Harrison as a as a very young young boy after killing his mother. And it was like that that, that was the cameo scene. I was almost expecting you know, I was expecting either <laughs> The Trinity Killer to be in Harrison's head, you know, in the same way that Deb was, yeah. or certainly to kind of Dexter to kind of interact with him somehow as he as he does. But uh, no, it was, it was a bizarre way of having the cameo from John Lithgow. You know, you're going to prize your role, but this is what you're going to do. It was a that was a it was a bit mm. of a bizarre choice for me. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking he was he would come back either for a proper a proper flashback, if you like, a proper mm. scene, or um, yeah, I was actually thinking that maybe he would uh, he would be part of Dexter's imagination and mm. uh, he he'd just pop in uh, there because he did see the um, ice truck colour, didn't he, in season six? So there's yes. kind of like a precedent for that had to happen. So I thought they'd maybe go down that route, especially because Arthur Mitchell was a father. Yeah. And so maybe I thought he was going to like almost ask him for advice, you know, on what to, <laughs> on what to do with Harrison as somebody who's also a serial killer who um, who had a family and a, and, a, and a son. But yeah, it was strange that they only got him back for that a little shot. I, he might, maybe he did that at home on Zoom or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> and they de-aged him slightly. Yeah, a bit of a bizarre cameo, but uh, I, I guess it added context to Harrison's trauma and actually that he remembered more than uh, he had let on in, in the same way that mm. Dexter also had those flashbacks in the um they started to come through over the course of the show you know those flashbacks to be in a shipping container you know covered in blood after his mom had been hacked apart by a chainsaw and you kind of again that repeating pattern which they did very very well in the season four finale which was Clive Phillips last season as showrunner and kind of alluding back to that and kind of exploring a little bit more from Harrison's perspective was quite an interesting choice I thought Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there was lots of stuff to enjoy in this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was good material here. I could see why they came back to, to do this and why it attracted Michael C. Hall. But yeah, I mean, um, there was obviously uh, some downsides as well. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into those, but uh, there was def- just periods of time, I think, where I was a little bit, not not bored, but uh, there's just times where I was thinking, oh, okay, it's um, it's not as fresh as it used to be, is it, Dexter? Because, um, you know, we, we've seen all this before, really. Mm. And uh but yeah, I mean, I think most seasons of Dexter are like that. They they tend to start a bit slow. I, yeah. I always remember, and then they kind of build up steam as like you know the, the screws tighten, and then by the last like three or four episodes, you you're really engaged by it. And and the same thing happened here, really, wasn't it? As soon as you kind of had Kurt on the offensive, I think that was the turning point. I think for me, when you began to think, oh, you know, Dexter's got his work cut out for him. <laughs> you know, this guy is not uh, quite clever, and he knows, um, you know, how to kind of. Uh, manipulate Dexter and um, especially with it when he worked out about the ash mm. uh, that wasn't snow and so he worked out that his son had been burnt uh, or inseminated um, not inseminated <laughs> what's the, what's the incinerated. word? incinerated <laughs> yeah his son had been incinerated yeah and, he, and he'd obviously got the, uh, the the kind of metal pins from the uh, from the corpse, I suppose, and uh, yeah, sent them to Dexter's. Burn, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they didn't burn; they made out of titanium. So that was already clever, and it made me think, "Oh, okay, this, uh, that's that's quite good." Because I think it kind of um, the clues were there. I quite like it when there's actual clues you can go back and 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 see for yourself that that wasn't snow; it was obviously ash, and yeah, and you can kind of maybe think, "Oh, okay, he wasn't drunk in that scene; he was pretending," and and, and this kind of thing. So yeah, there's lots of stuff where I thought, oh, okay, they've got like a good plan to this season. There's some, there's some callbacks here to stuff and that makes you reinterpret what you've seen, and so that's like a, a good sign of a of a, of good writing, you know. But there's also like every season of Dexter, there's times where you're thinking, oh, they're making it up now. <laughs> they don't quite know what to do, or there's some strange yeah. choices, and yeah. So there's lots of odd stuff. Yeah, I think it didn't quite feel like it. It felt like they were stretching the story. I think if this had been a six-parter or an eight-parter, I think it would have been stronger. Because I think that first episode, I really enjoyed the first episode, you know, seeing Dex in a fresh new place. And just the persona, you know, the idea he was this person who didn't, who hadn't killed since Deb and was living this fake life with a new fake love of his life, you know, in Angela. And, 
you know, was 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 Jim, and everyone liked him. And I know they did some of this in the trailers, but they kind of reinforced that, and you had fun with that. And it was like, oh, okay, so he's now Jim, and everyone likes likes him, and he pretends to hate Ballard and sells knives <laughs> in a store and stuff. And he's completely different to how Dexter was. And you know, there was the, ab- the familiar theme tune was absent. Obviously, the tart sequence was absent for. Well, I kind of missed the tart sequence in a way, but um, I can mm. understand why they, they didn't have that. It was quite aesthetically quite different the way they approached that, but. Yeah, it, it was quite fun, and you got a sense of Dexter's world now, or Jim's world, really. And then, of course, you get Harrison turn up at the end. So, I think the first episode worked quite as a, as a, as a reintroduction to Dexter's life from the mm. world go. And even the second episode, I guess, in the extent when you once you put Harrison in the mix, which I think was an, was unexpected. I think you always felt that if it's going to be the ending, you're going to have to maybe deal with Harrison at some point, and. I think the fact that we didn't have Hannah in, in the show, you kind of thought, oh, okay, maybe then they could almost, it is Clive Phillips going to kind of really kind of ignore the final four seasons because they weren't his seasons of the show. Mm. And obviously Harrison was around in season four. So, you know, you can have Harrison without having to deal with any of that stuff. And actually, I quite like that the Hannah was referenced quite a bit, actually. And the Harrison had his life at Argentina. Obviously, they killed off off screen and it might have been could have seen Yvonne Tronsky back as Hannah. I thought she was quite good in the final couple of seasons. But um, obviously, I, think, I, don't, I don't think Clive Phillips was going to do much with maybe the, the final four seasons of the Legacy, apart from obviously Deb, what happened to her, mm. and Harrison living a lot of his life in Argentina. But I think once you got past those first couple of episodes and you, you'd seen his new life, and then Harrison had started to shake things up a bit, it then kind of seemed to take its time far too much, you know. I like the way they built the first kill with Kurt's son. Again, that father-son thing going throughout the season. But after that point, after those first couple episodes, I think when you'd killed Kurt's son, it just seemed to kind of meander for quite a bit. There was a lot of focus mm. on Harrison and uh, school life and maybe Harrison had a potential dark passenger as well. And there was there was good stuff in every episode. And I was enjoying the characters. I, was enjoy- I thought Angela was good as a, as a character. I was quite enjoying the relationship there between Dexter and Angela. She didn't suspect anything about it. And it was, I guess, John Alcott was good enough that it didn't feel teeny boppy. You know, sometimes you get these kind of teenagers yeah. and it feels very teeny boppy and very angsty driven. Mm. I don't think it felt like that. But... At the same time, I think I got to episode about five and I was watching my wife and, and we were both thinking, is anything going to happen now? Because it does seem like, oh, well, Harrison's turned up. He's fit into Dexter's life. Okay, he started killing again, but only because this person was a monster. And now someone suspects, but nothing else was really happening. So I kind of felt like it, it did really drag its heels. Episode like two, four, five, particularly, sorry, three, four, five really did start to drag its heels. I think that could have been cut and maybe made... There was none of the tension mm. that you got with Dexter. Even in the, in, the, in the weaker seasons, I think there were still moments when things would build and build and build and get tense. And I think apart from the finale, mm. and maybe the penultimate episode, it didn't really have that. Even things like Angela Molly going to the convention, and it was great to see Batista, and, you know, and there was a first hint, actually, she started to pick up on things about Dexter, who are... Jim and who Jim really was but you know when she started to find out about Dexter oh this is going to really spiral out of control and then nothing really she confronted him and nothing really happened mm. and then you <laughs> realise that Kurt knew that Dexter had killed his son and was getting close into the orbit of Harrison and he thought oh so it's going to happen there and then nothing really happened and it wasn't until the final three episodes that the stuff actually did happen and it kind of almost yeah. felt 
a little bit too late for me. I think the pacing just seemed a little bit slow at times. There was no momentum really running through the mm. season. Mm. And also, um, with Kurt going after Harrison, it did kind of go against his his uh, his um, mo, really, didn't it? Because he was he was always targeting runaway uh, girls. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden, he was after Harrison. Seemed a bit slightly odd to me, because <laughs> it would have been an easy fix just to say that he went after all kinds of runaways. Mm. There was no kind of uh, gender preference or anything. But uh, at the end, we saw he only went after young women. So. Uh, yeah. So that was a bit, a bit odd that he went after Harrison with the rifle in that scene. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, like yeah, like you say, uh, the the problem is obviously that um, you can't rush it too much because you need to have like a, a sense that Dexter and Harrison have had some time to be together. Yeah. So there's a, so there's a bit of a relationship built in there. I, th- I think normally you'd maybe have uh, done some of this in season two, sort of thing of New Blood. You know, mm. you'd have left, you'd have left, you'd have had this season just to build Harrison and Dexter's father and son and really get their relationship locked in and then next season you'd kind of bring it to a head but obviously it's just uh, how it is isn't it with this season you've only got 10 episodes you have to kind of rush things a little bit but in rushing it you can't go too crazy and just have it Harrison appear in episode 2 was it I think and then um, have you know (laughs) real major stuff start happening in episode 4 or 5 or something with Harrison you need to kind of build in some way don't you but it's, it's, it's a tricky thing to get right I suppose but uh, yeah, if there's not a lot else happening, you do maybe notice it a bit more that there's not much happening. Also, probably because Dexter wasn't in his usual position of power by being part of the police department himself yeah. directly. So it was always awkward, I think, for the writers to kind of find ways for Dexter to have some fun, if you like, in a realistic way. Because he, he you know, he went after the uh, drug dealer, didn't he, in one episode and stuff like that. And they had to find like clever ways for that to happen, didn't they? Because they... And there wasn't going to be like loads of serial killers and, and baddies roaming around wasn't there? In, in this town, like in, no. in like in Miami, we can go off and have a few episodes just targeting somebody, can't we, for a for a couple of episodes, just you know, on the side. But uh, you can't really do that in this season. They only really had the one murder, really, didn't they? As a as a as a core thing, it was Matt Caldwell's murder that kickstarted everything. Yeah, and then you had a few little things here and there in in the middle, but. Uh, it was just a bit difficult, wasn't it, for them this time because of where Dexter was. And uh, but so I think they did a, a decent enough job of that difficulty. Um, but yeah, but were you a bit confused though about the um, the risks that Dexter took? I thought he was a bit uncharacteristically bad at his job, if you like, in this season. Yeah, he was sometimes you know he he went round to that drug dealer's house and and set up that kill room when he knew perfectly well the police were coming. And then, and then he was surprised when the cars turned up, and he had to fake an overdose and clear everything up and get out of there. And I don't know how he did that in the time <laughs> that was available yeah. to him. But then it just seemed really bizarre that Dexter normally is like, you know, when he does a kill room, he like is supremely confident. No one's, no one's going to intrude on him, and uh, he's got plenty of time to kind of you know relish the moment. And in in this season, he was just randomly doing this kill room, and knowing the police were going to be there in a minute seemed a bit strange. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming because he was rusty and he, <laughs> what he was doing. He's yeah. rusty. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he hadn't killed in 10 years, so I think maybe he was, <laughs> his, his, his skills were needed to be a bit honing. I, I, I don't know, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess he felt that the whole drug dealer stuff was kind of trying to give some momentum to give something happening in the story when maybe yeah, yeah. there wasn't there. But I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think actually, as much as we say, maybe it could have been tied to eight episodes or could have been longer, I think maybe actually 10 was the right thing for it because it gave enough time to deal with Harrison and Dexter before you had the kind of everything falling apart in the final three episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. So let's talk about 
Dexter and Deb then. What do you think of having Deb as Dexter's conscience in this season? I thought it was really good. I think it was uh, very predictable that that would happen. I think everyone had called it. Yeah, <laughs> it was, absolutely. It was an obvious choice. But I, I, think, I think a welcome predictability. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it was also interesting how they treated her, um, because obviously James Remar doing the same role, essentially, uh, for eight seasons as Harry. He, very, he had very little to do, you know. <laughs> he, just, he just would turn up and say a few things always like on the side of Dexter essentially you know and and, and that would be it and uh, obviously to probably to get Jennifer Carpenter back it was probably uh, a, a case of having to convince her that this role would be interesting <laughs> and he wouldn't just be popping up like James Remar she'd actually have something fairly substantial to do so yeah they gave her like some kind of crazy fantasy se- sequences didn't they mm. and uh, and the way she'd appear would just be more visually interesting and she'd kind of interact a bit more with Dexter and so I think they kind of uh, evolved what they what they were doing with that kind of character. So I quite I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I think Jennifer Carpenter was great as well. I mean, she she was after Dexter. I think maybe the exception of a couple of serial killer characters, she was the best character in the show after after mm. after Michael Hill as Dexter. So yeah, really really glad that she was back. It was a kind of a mixed one for me in a way because yeah, I liked that she was a bit more involved. She's a bit more aggressive. You know, there were times when actually mm. you know I guess she was. Dexter's guilt manifest over what happened. Mm. You know, he was haunted yeah. by the death of Deb. So the point when she'd be aggressive, you know, she would she would start off criticizing or warning him very much in a kind of Harry mm. way, and then she'd be more like shout and scream at him and kind of be much mm. more violent. There's a bit, there's a scene when 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 he's in the front of the car and she appears, and it's it's almost like quite shocking. Mm. She's, she's a much <laughs> yeah. more she's a much more dynamic yeah. conscience. She's <laughs> more like she's more like a ghostly haunting presence mm. wasn't she than Harry so it was something to fear sometimes for Dexter yeah. <laughs> she'd pop up and set him straight and I think that's because it was the idea of the manifest guilt so actually yeah. because ultimately it was it's his conscience and his conscience mm. guilty so he's, he's guilty conscience manifest by Deb so I quite mm. like that I thought that was really good and I thought mm. the, the, the final scene with them together as well uh, the finale was lovely I guess it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a mixed bag though because I really liked having carved back and I really liked that this Deb wasn't just as subdued as Harry. You know, the, 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 the mm. guilty conscience manifested in some quite aggressive moments. But then, at the same time, nothing really happened at the same time. And I think particularly in the latter episodes, I think she was barely there at all. And I kind of wanted more of Deb. I kind of... I, I would have loved an episode where it was just Deb and Dexter in the cabin, you know, him <laughs> working through stuff and banning, you know, that would have mm. been, that, that would have been, that probably would have been the highlight mm. of the season if you'd have Deb talking through what's happening with, with yeah. Deb, Deb, Dexter and Deb together. And I think that would have been, like, that could have well, worked. Yeah, but, yeah, they could, they could have had that um, in the prison uh, scene in the, in the finale. It had like a, a yeah. whole episode, isn't it? Like a dark, dark night of the soul episode where Dexter just in prison overnight, uh, contemplating his fate or something with, with Deb. Yeah, I think we we just we just recognised what the best episode would have been, and it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe that's where it would have been a nine. I don't know, but yeah, I kind of yeah, she was missing from that. She was missing from a lot of the stuff, and it kind of felt very. After having a lot of promise early on, mm. she seemed to fade to the background, and I think actually there were moments when I thought she could have brought some real drama depth to it. You know, particularly around Dexter. Yeah, the scenes where he was in the prison cell, having him there talking back and forth with, with Deb. I think she might have been in the cell once, maybe I can't remember, but yeah, there, there wasn't mm. enough. I would, I wanted more. 
I, th- I think the I think the the reason for that is um, I think when when it first started the season, she's obviously the, somebody who appears to Dex and kind of chastises him <laughs> for wanting to kill, and she's very much the opposite of what Harry was. And I think after a while that maybe gets a bit repetitive and mm. boring at, at times because and also as the audience you kind of you know we know, we know Dex is like a bad person but we kind of want him to do some of the stuff he does secretly <laughs> which is part of the fun of the show so it was it would maybe get a bit wearing if she was always you know in in opposition to what the audience wants so they kind of like got into a situation where they weren't too sure how to how to deal with mm. her because she couldn't always be popping up saying don't do this don't do that Dex you you know she had to kind of like come around to some of his decisions at times and then once Harrison was there Dexter had a character to talk to in real life so all of a sudden the need for for her dissipates a little bit because you know you've got Dexter and he can talk to Harrison it's a lot lot easier to write that (laughs) you know so I think Harrison just took over a little bit yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe we were to the expecting Harrison or certainly to be as big a part of the season as he was. So I think we were waiting for more of Devin Dexter, and we didn't get enough because you're right, because Harrison was a character that he interacted with. I, I think it's interesting as well that she did actually encourage him to kill later on. You know, she went from "don't kill" to mm. "kill, kill, kill." Uh, maybe yeah. because that she was his conscience. I, I I don't know, but it was a it was a weird mixed message yeah. going on with Dev at times. But I think it's yeah. because she's his manifest conscience and, and guilt really through mm. her so I think as he got more confident going back into the old Dexter and to kill him I guess that is where because how, how he would encourage him just encourage him to do things the right way whereas I think she she's a bit more frantic uh, as she was she was a much more emotional emotionally driven character you know quite more mm. volatile at times mm. so um yeah. than, than Harry ever was so I think you know that's why it became, became manifest in those when she was much more forceful about about killing people <laughs> towards the end but um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a lot of the stuff, you know. In some ways, we wanted more. Some ways, it worked as far as, far as it was. So, okay, if like there's, there's a few things that stopped it being magical, and maybe more of Deb would have would have had had that. But um, yeah, I think it was still great to have Jennifer Carpenter back. And I think while it, I think it would have been disappointing had Jennifer Carpenter not come back as Dexter's conscience. So uh, mm, yeah. I think I think they did the right thing in bringing her back and getting it for that role definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that James Remar didn't come back though, <laughs> just for one scene. Yeah, I think maybe that'd be good having having Harry and Deb together. I think maybe that would have been that that could have been almost like the yeah. angel and Dev on the shoulder kind of thing. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Again, missed opportunities. I mean, maybe maybe because James Remar will be a lot older now, looking yeah. a lot older, and um, yeah. obviously he can't have aged so. He got away mm. for eight seasons, but you know, eighteen years after the for the first episode, would maybe been too too much. I, I don't mm. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that didn't really make much sense to me, and I can't work out what the times were, was Harrison's age because I'm sure Harrison was like five at best, maybe even four when Hannah took him off to Argentina. So he felt like he was like seventeen in 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 this season. So um, ten years. It was mm. more, more like more like thirteen, fourteen, rather than ten years. But they they kept saying very confidently it was ten years since the the uh, hurricane which ended the uh, eighth season. Yeah, unless there was some kind of longer time jump between seasons that I can't remember. But yeah, I think I think Harrison I think Harrison was five, wasn't he, by the end of the se- of the series? Yeah. And then so yeah, so he would be th- uh, so he would be fifteen, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um. But yeah, but he was slightly older. <laughs> he was definitely like, maybe sixteen at best, but uh. Yeah, it felt it felt like I mean, Chuck Alcott is in his twenties, but it's quite a baby face. So I think he was believable as a sixteen, seventeen year old, but maybe not as a 
you know, obviously, obviously he was he was uh, having sex with Angela's daughter, and um, you know, was yeah, a bit more yeah. high, um, getting into kind of the wrestling, you know, high high school life, which you kind of mm. associate with like characters, more characters who were more like sixteen, seventeen on TV. So mm. I, I, I don't know. The time didn't make sense to me in terms of the show, but I think it was a, it was a smaller gripe. I think. And then, of course, we got Angela herself, and through her, we got the cameos of Angel Batista as well. So, uh, what did you think of her storyline, really, over the course of the season? Uh, well, I thought it started off really well. I quite liked uh, seeing Dexter with somebody who's like the new Rita, essentially. Yeah. So, but she was a bit more of a uh, proactive Rita. She was like a combination of Rita and Deb, I suppose. Being yeah, I think a absolutely. Police person, yeah. So, um, so that was quite good, and obviously gives Dexter a slight way of getting involved with. Uh, police activities and mm-hmm. stuff so it's it kind of helped the story in general um so i quite liked their kind of role-playing flirtation that they had yeah. and this kind of thing and and the fact that she already has a daughter and then um he kind of like has a son and then they obviously start pairing up as well so it's a bit, a bit, a bit odd but uh but yeah that was kind of good and interesting and uh but i think um just naturally, you know, as tends to happen with Dexter, is that once he really gets into the thick of things with chasing serial killers around, there's just less time for all the kind of home life stuff yeah, and that kind of thing. So all that got pushed into the background, which they kind of compensated for by having Angela secretly off trying to kind of uh, you know, work out that, that Dexter or, or Jim, as she first thought is a serial killer and is actually the Bay Harbor butcher. And then, and that investigation kind of took, took over for her character, which, um, which made sense. Um, you know, there was aspects of her her investigation which was a bit, uh, you know, a bit obviously written, I suppose, because it was kind of like she'd have conversations with people, and it'd be obvious that like certain things she'd ask. It was just like I don't know if you really would ask that, but um, <laughs> but you kind of needed to ask that so that the character can respond in this way to to make you then think, oh, okay, that's a bit odd. And then you know, there's always like. Um, I, I, I don't know. I could I like see the writer's hand, if you like, in some of the scenes of her and her investigation. Um, but I kind of enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it, it didn't bother me too much. But but uh, it would have been nice to maybe have uh, a stronger relationship between her and Dexter and have that more of a, a thing that didn't kind of lose any steam. Because towards the end, it would have been nice to feel, feel more of the tragedy that, that Dexter's relationship with her is going to be obliterated which I, I think we were supposed to feel but mm. it didn't quite work for me I didn't really care but obviously her as a character cared a lot that her boyfriend is actually a serial killer yeah. <laughs> you know has been lying to her for all this time but I never really got that sense of like oh I feel really sorry for her it's quite a tragic love story or anything I didn't I don't think it quite worked yeah I mean the one thing they never did with Rita was have Rita find out maybe if yeah Angela had actually married him and they'd been married or something so they'd actually got the point yeah. when, when you know, they, maybe they were still in the honeymoon phase like they'd been married like two months earlier and things were going great and obviously for him as the cover but you know I, I, I think they've, they've always been this weird thing with Dexter you know is he a complete psychopath or does he feel emotion does he feel love and they talk about it in the final, the final, in the final moments of the season you know through his voice over you know the only, the only love he's really ever felt is for Harrison. But uh, I guess it's one of those ones when it, well, it's because Deb felt it as well a bit when she found out about Dexter. You know, she's a sheriff. She 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 solves crimes for a living, and not to realise that the person you're in love with actually is a serial killer <laughs> is going to really kind of make you question everything about not about who you are as a person, but also what you do for a living. So I always thought they were never really, you know, 
may from her point of view maybe kind of falling in love and enjoying the relationship and comfortable but never anything you know a little bit of passion there but nothing that was like there was no you know you compared to even things like uh, Lila for example that passion between Dexter and Lila mm. that you had in that really t- twisted second season there was none of that really with, with her you know they yeah. kind of applied it with the role play at the beginning so mm. I thought Julia Jones was really good and I thought she was probably better when she was paired up with Molly played by Jamie Chung as well I think I quite yeah. like their kind of friendship which made actually I thought I thought Angela discovering Molly's body in Kurt's Basement of Horrors I think it had more emotional resonance mm. really in a way than her finding out that A that Jim was actually Dexter, and then realising that Dexter was also the Behar Butcher. So I think mm. Mo- Molly's death actually kind of felt more emotionally impactful for her. But uh, I thought mm. she was she was good, though. And I think when she was off with Molly, you know, I thought she was a true crime podcast, you know, very on brand there, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I, quite, I quite like, I thought she, she was, she was a, you know, it wasn't massive depth to the character, but I, I liked her presence in, in the story and how it was a natural way of kind of, I've been playing some homage to things like the Bay Harbor Butcher for the, for the Bay Harbor Butcher podcast that they listen to. I think Audrey listens to it, and certainly Angela listens to it as well. And um, yeah, I, th- I thought they were, you know, their their friendship actually worked. And I I thought Molly's death was a bit more impactful because you kind of got that relationship with Angela that wasn't masses amount, but there was enough there mm, that she was yeah. a bit of a character. So mm. I thought that kind of worked and. When Batista turned up, I think it was episode six when they went to New York. In one sense, it was very much fan service. You know, let, let's get Batista mm. back. I think Batista was probably the right person to bring back of the kind yeah. of other characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you'd have got um, Masuka back, <laughs> a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, or or or, or even um, what's he called? What's the? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's he called? The one of repl- the, the the other detective. Dokes. Not Dokes, the one that replaced him. Oh, no, oh, oh uh, Quinn. Quinn. Is it Quinn? Quinn, yeah. Yeah. I think if you know, they got some like Quinn back as well, you know, they're like, really? No, no one needs to see Quinn again. So I, I always liked Batista on the show and I thought David Zayas had a kind of a warmth and you know, he's quite endearing in his performance. So I was quite pleased to see Batista back and, uh, you know, at the end of the, in the finale, they obviously, there's a reference to LaGuardia as well and her death and so on. So I think, yeah, Misuka or Quinn, you know, they're not the people you, you want to see back. But Batista, Batista was, was recognisable that I was, I was glad to see him back and, you know, he was now captain and uh, married again. So, you know, I had a kind of, obviously, kind of lucked out in terms of love and queer which he never really seemed to do on the, on the show as much but um yeah. i think while it was fan service again it kind of served to move the plot forward and i'm glad that he was in the finale that the whole thing about finding out dexter was actually in her jail cell and believing that he was the bay harbor butcher kind of brought what happened to LaGuerta to light, you know, kind of was almost like a redemption for her death. But also, mm. you know, the fact he, I think someone from his past needed to find out. And while I would have, I really, what I really, really wanted, and, I, and I'm gutted to do, was have Batista confront Dexter in the in the jail cell. I think that would have been fantastic. But I guess it's, maybe that was, maybe that was too fan service. I, I don't know to have yeah. that. I'm, I'm wondering if that was the intention or they even shot something like that and then they rejigged the chronology of what was happening because it i don't know because it would have made sense for that to happen but i suppose if if angel had turned up the next morning it would have just been very difficult to get the character of dexter 
out of that situation yeah the way the way they did and the way they did it was already a bit of a stretch of credibility because it's like you know was he the was that guy the only police officer on on, yeah logan was he the only person on duty you know because he just just had to strangle him and well it was uh, only only two wasn't there 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 was only two two deputies i believe there was um teddy yeah teddy was the other one who was off Looking at Kurt's house, oh, okay. who wasn't a much character, but I, I thought I, I quite liked Logan. I think I was, and it was. Yeah. I think what was good about Logan, obviously, it was quite important. Alana Miller, who played Logan, there was something really nice about his. He was quite endearing as a character, and so that Batista had been before, and I liked his kind of relationship with Harrison, which was really important in in that ending, wasn't it? That. You know, he he was the coach who encouraged him and kind of did the same thing as Kurt, but actually in a nice way. You know, he was he was there. A, a scene they shared when they shared that kind of the burger in the hotel room after mm. Dex has been arrested was was really nice and actually was much more important than I realised given what happened. So I think mm. you re, I, even though he wasn't much of a character, I really liked Logan as a character. So having mm. Dexter kill him, you know, he killed one of the nicest people on the show. And mm. I think had he killed Molly to cover his tracks, or maybe even Angela, you know, I think would have would have been horrible to see. But I think the fact that he killed Logan, who was generally a nice guy who looked out for the kids, who was looking out for Harrison, was actually a bit naive in that, mm. you know, as soon as he gave that water bottle to Dexter in the final episode, you knew that he would basically fall in Dexter's trap. So... I guess Dexter killing him in the finale was was not I wouldn't say harrowing to watch, but certainly it was quite sad to see see mm. that fate for the character and obviously had importance with uh, the finale. Mm. So I guess let's talk, let's talk about the finale then. So Sins of the Father kind of actually did what I wasn't expecting to happen, building up to Angela realizing that Dexter was the Bay Hard Butcher. That, that felt right. That was finally building to some conclusion. And when Clyde Phillips had said, we're going to offer the finale that we didn't get first time round, I thought, it, as, as we got on, maybe because not much was happening for so long, I thought, okay, that's where we're building to. We're getting to, to the point when the world knows that Dexter is a Bay Harbor Butcher. So, and I guess the, it, the way it was teased was, actually, Harrison and Dexter are going to run off, go off on the run, and that would be an ending but it'll be an open-ending way. If you want, oh, we can suddenly announce Dex and New Blood Season 2. I was almost waiting for Dex and New Blood Season 2 to be announced before the first one had even ended. Mm. Or certainly, <laughs> like, certainly like, you know, and actually I, I only tried to try and watch the finale as quick as I could because I was always expecting them to announce Season 2 and go, well, I know, he's not going to die then, is he? So, uh, <laughs> so it did take me by surprise. So did you think that the way it all came together worked as, as, a, as a final end for Dex's story? Um, You know, I'm still thinking about this really because <laughs> it's only been a a day or two since i saw it so um i don't know i mean i'm i'm glad that ultimately they killed dexter i, I think i'm ultimately happy that they did that it would have been nice to have had another season either in the same location somehow or or like they t- like they teased possibly la taking it there yeah because i think i think there was kind of more to do with with harrison and, and dexter especially as as characters yeah. I think there was more to do there, and they could have maybe done another season. And I'd, I'd have watched it, and I'd have been happy, and I wouldn't have yeah, grum- grumbled or anything. But, but in a way, I think, you know, it's um, it's like it's like the original season, uh, the original series had uh, too many seasons past its prime, and so maybe you just 
maybe it was right just to end it here. Maybe they just, you know, Clyde Phillips maybe thought there's nothing much more I can do with this concept. You know, I just I just wanted to end it in a in a better way with more a more of a definitive way. I know a lot of people um, uh, don't like the ending this finale and they don't like how it ended. And um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of um, I'm 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 mostly behind it. I think it's an I think it was like a poignant way for him to die was to be shot by the only person he's ever truly loved mm. <laughs> and and for that to be uh you know with a, with a letter at the end as well obviously uh, with him reading uh, the letter that he gave to Hannah many years ago and it having a relevancy to what's just happened um so i think that was quite a nice way to end with some voiceover from Dexter and stuff i, I did think yeah. though that it was a slightly anticlimactic how it happened because i kept on thinking well i can't really be dead yeah, okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking. Okay, okay. What's happening here? Because um, has he got a bulletproof vest on? Is is it? Is it? Is it missed his heart? Has it gone through in like an exit wound? And he's okay. Really, he was gonna, you know, to be like, there'd be like a final scene with an ambulance turning up, and he's still alive or something. Mm. I don't know. I, I was thinking. I can't. Is that? Is that it? It seemed. It seemed a little bit anticlimactic just to have it happen in that way, in in a sense. Um, but yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I think I think there's basically better ways it could have ended. To be honest, uh, you know, I still like the original idea that Clyde Phillips told everyone, which is probably why he didn't do it, <laughs> which is to have him on death row, yeah, um, and and have that ha- have like a few episodes with with that. I, I've always wanted to see. I think I think the main problem I've got with the finale is um, I quite was looking forward to the for the um, aftermath of everything. I quite like. I I quite want to see. I want to see what happens when. The world knows that Dexter's the Bay Harbor Butcher. Angel knows. You have a good scene with Angel and Dexter. You have like Dexter going to prison. You have, you know, just some. I just want to see more of what happens because it's quite a shocking thing. I think <laughs> it's a, if you know to have somebody of who's who's a, a blood spatter analyst in Miami who spent like decades <laughs> or whatever, but you know, killing people. And, and like I think I mentioned on our. Um, previous podcast i think it would be quite a sizable population um of the people that in, in the world or you know w- listening to all this on the news and stuff who would actually side with dexter mm. and it'd be a weird kind of cultural split between yeah. people who uh quite like what dexter did what he represents and what he what he uh, you know, the amount of people that he killed who were bad people and the amount of lives that he saved in doing that i think it would have been quite an interesting thing to explore that kind of stuff but i just know it's very difficult dramatically to do anything with the character if he's in prison you're very limited into what you, what you can do i suppose so they just thought well we can't really do that as interesting as it would be in some ways so it just made sense just to kill him off like like they did um so i don't know i don't know i'm kind of um a little bit more mixed than maybe i was expecting to feel but ultimately i'm glad they at least had the balls to end it <laughs> you know yeah i agree yeah <laughs> it, it's what and maybe actually it's because batista aside it's been too long and too far removed from the Dexter world. It had this finale happened, I, I, it would have been Harrison, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe Deb would have killed him. I don't know. That maybe would have been the how it originally would have happened. But if you'd had all the characters in Miami who had worked with him for years and years and years, reacting to what happened, and Aston and Cody kind of finding mm. out and uh, yeah, yeah. everything, that may have had more shock value because it'd been 10 years. Batista aside, we haven't seen Masuka or Queen or Astor Cody or any of the others for so long now that you'd almost have to bring them back in to then find out what their reactions are and their reintroductions mm. be more about finding out what's happening than actually who you know 
than actually what kind of characters these people are 10 years on the line. At least with Batista, because of episode 6, and again a little bit in the finale before he found out about Dexter, you knew that he was now a captain, he was married, he was still living in Miami, seemed fairly happy, content, you know, and so had the uh, had a couple of scenes to kind of do a bit of work with the characters. So, I mean, I... <sighs> I, again, I applaud the bravery of actually going, no, we're going to end this. We're going to do, because I didn't think they were going to do this. I thought it was going to end with them on the run. And actually, next season was going to be Angelo Batista after Dexter. And they would be mm. in this. So, and that's what they would be doing. Maybe other characters too in the world hunting Dexter Morgan down. And then mm. maybe like, a, well, we're going to do a three season plan. Season one is Dexter getting discovered season two is him on the run see and then the next new blood season three is the final one where he's in prison and that kind of ending you get where they teased before so mm. that maybe that would be better <laughs> I, I i don't know but i quite <sighs> applaud the idea that it came down so quickly and gave a definitive ending i like though i like that the voiceover at the end with harrison as well i i, I kind of see what you mean about being anticlimactic it kind of almost at the same time felt a bit rushed at the end and uh I liked that the mask slipped. And after how the whole thing of Harrison and Dexter killing together and father and son and killing Kurt and so on and all that kind of being resolved in the previous couple of episodes. So that was done very satisfactory. I quite, I quite liked how that was wrapped up. Yeah, there was a point where you mm. thought, oh, is uh, Dexter going to kill Angela when he was in the kitchen with a knife? You thought mm. he was going to kill her. And his mask slipped. And suddenly, why I really liked about it was that actually you've always kind of been on Dexter's side. You've always been, you know, even yeah. though you would never do it yourself, he kills for the right reasons almost. He kills bad people. So the fact that he looked like he was about, he was ready to yeah. stab Angela and then he kills Logan as well. It's like suddenly that mask slips and you, you become kind of complicit as an audience member in someone who is actually is a monster. And mm. I like that. I don't think there was enough done with that, but I like that he kind of mm. went in that direction. So I think Harrison killing Dexter and actually killing him off was was the right way. And I like that Deb was there at the end with Dexter, and that that was that was nice. That was a nice bit of closure for them. But uh, I kind of applaud the ending. I just wasn't expecting the ending to happen as it did. I mm. I thought it was going to be they were on the run off to LA. The biggest frustration I have is that you didn't get a scene between Batista and Dexter. I thought that was kind of mm. for fans of the original show. I think that was missing. He was he was on yeah. his way and never turned up. So that that was kind of frustrating. But maybe that's too fan servicey. I I yeah, kind of but, yeah. but I, I did feel that it was like okay they're going to be on the run and then season two is going to be and you know that that's that's an ending that you can end on. And go well actually now he's been outed to the world. That's mm. the ending. And you can go oh yeah. it's open ended but it works. So the fact that he actually yeah. went no this is the end and he's dead was actually quite brave of them, I think. Yeah. And I also did, I did quite like how Harrison's speech uh, and, and and that whole scenario was very much like a, a Dexter kill room. Mm. Harrison kind of talking to him as he talks to his own yeah. victims, before, sort of give, giving them some home truths before he kills them. And obviously he even shot him in the heart like he does, uh, Dexter normally uh, stabs him in the heart. Yeah. Uh, even when uh, Dexter flashes on images of innocent people that he's uh Mm. and killed or kind of uh, his his influence in the world has ended up killing that was almost like seeing pictures wasn't it like he does to his own victims of the people that he's that, that they've killed uh in their own past so it was kind of like a kill room for him in a, in a weird way yeah. wasn't it? With, yeah with harrison the the one uh, exacting the 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 justice <laughs> Yeah, which I think absolutely worked in a sense. Thematically, it worked. And the father and sons and the trauma and 
Harrison kind of breaking through, maybe not having a dark passenger. So we didn't really kind of go, yeah, maybe there's going to be Harrison new blood. <laughs> I don't know who's going to come yeah, down the line, but this is it. Um, you, could, you could do that. And I'd probably try it out and see if it, I'm not sure it'd work. I don't think uh, John Alcott is going to be as good as Michael C. Hall, but maybe I'd give it a go. I, I don't know. Um, right, but in 10 years' time, it'll be a new actor. Well, that's you know. it. Maybe that'll be it. So <laughs> we'll, we shall see. But uh, any final thoughts then on Dex and New Blood before you get into an end? Um, well, you know, I, I am wondering if it will be the end, like, you, like you're saying, there is a chance to keep it going in some way in it, with Harrison as the lead character, with, with, with Michael C. Hall back as the ghost figure <laughs> talking oh, to yeah, him. Oh, yeah, could work, yeah. You know, you could do that maybe if, if uh, Michael C. Hall doesn't age too much, <laughs> he could come back uh, and play that kind of character, but... Uh, so maybe they'll do that, but uh, I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've got, I've got much more to add, really. I think uh, I think ultimately it was a it was a it was a decent season. I mean, mm. uh, in, in context, I think it was the fourth favorite season of mine. I think it still goes two is the best, then one. No, I, no. I, actually, I've changed my mind. <laughs> I think I think two four one at the minute. I'm feeling like yeah, two, that's four, my one. Mind, yeah, yeah, two four one, and then this. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah, two, two, four, one, nine, and then probably seven was quite good with Deb finding out. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it was better in the second half of Dexter. So certainly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It, was, it was worth bringing back. I think. Um, yeah. As much as we've kind of griped about certain aspects and and things they could have done better or things they missed doing that they maybe should have, uh, I think ultimately it was uh, it was it was fun to see the characters uh, back again, and uh, I enjoyed how it how it ended. Yeah, absolutely, and. Michael C. Hall getting to play Dexter one more time because he is fantastic as Dexter. He always was, and, and that that's what made even the weaker seasons of Dexter entertaining was because of Michael C. Hall's performance. He was so good. He was such a great lead actor on the show. He outshone all his all his colleagues and you know, all his co-stars, except maybe people like John Lithgow came in with still the show a bit. But generally, Michael C. Hall, we we talked about this in our previous podcast. You know, he was always better than everyone else, and it was great to see him back one more time here as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a, it was a very good uh, ending for him. Cool. So that comes to the end of our discussion on Dex New Blood. If people want to talk more Dexter or TV in general, where can we find you online? Uh, yeah, I think you've already mentioned at the start, but it's uh, framerated.co.uk. You can check me out there or Twitter at uh, danowen79. And you can find me on Twitter at Baz Greenland and like Dan on multiple podcasts on We Me This, including the Tireless Crew, a dot two podcast, and host my son Ben. So thanks for joining us for another episode. And remember, we are part of the We Made This podcast network. Please subscribe to schedule programming and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to help out our network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash we made this. Dexter is not all be discussing, so I'll give you a taste of what else you might have missed on the network in a moment. We'll be back soon to schedule more programming. So until then, do not adjust your set. Elsewhere, and we made this. Shucky Vision. The next poll is a little bit more interesting. It was Survive or Die Again with the adult characters. And the characters were Logan, Bree, Michelle and Detective Evans. And the Chucky Vision listeners predicted that Detective Evans would survive the week before she died on the show. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> we made that poll. Well, I was going to say premature. We made that poll probably at the perfect time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and um, 
they also predicted that the character that would die would be Michelle. And looking at the characters, Michelle is the only one of the four that actually survived. Free with this month's issue. I was looking up what the point of the band name was, because obviously Black Country being sort of like about a mile away from where I am right now. Yeah. Black Country New Road, they have said it's a metaphor for a good way out of a bad place. So, fuck you! <laughs> Not going to endear themselves to many Midlanders with that. Uh, you know, Dudley Zoo and Wolverhampton Civic Hall are fucking ace. <laughs> yep, both of those places. <laughs> well done, Colin. Yeah. Successfully defended yourself with two locations. I have. All right, West Midland Safari Park, pretty cool as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frame to frame. This episode yeah. was our Christmas horror film episode. Yeah. Now you mention Gremlins. Whoa. Where was that a week ago? Well, I mean, what can I say? <laughs> I um, mean, genuinely, this is. Uh, so you this should, is. You, should, you really, you should have consulted the ghost of Christmas yet to come, and you would have been able to see this situation happening before it did. So this just... is episode eighty-one of the podcast. Right, and I will flat out say to you now: this is the worst film I have watched for this podcast. It is worse Blimey. than Sextet. It is worse than Cats. I just hated everything. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network.